I look scared. It's funny. (laughs) (laughs) You look happy and I look frightened. baby angels and welcome back to summer twilight book club the podcast where your two best friends trick you into radical feminist analysis of the horniest books of our teenage years by luring you in with it with jokes about edging and embarrassing stories about crying to justin timberlake at a middle school dance which is something that i have absolutely never done ever in my life i'm sahana and i'm kat and despite definitely being with you at middle school dances and i definitely remember you crying but i don't remember it specifically being to justin timberlake oh yeah song my love okay one time i was in the car with bryce and it was his brother's car and i was like what is this and he's like it's justin timberlake and i'm like really i thought it was a woman and he was like no it's justin timberlake and then the next one came on and then i was like who is this he's like it's still justin timberlake (laughs) Um, my, <laughs> my dad insists on referring to Justin Timberlake as Tin Just Lake Timber. He thinks it's very funny. I don't know why. Anyway, we're back, baby. Uh, and we're happy to report that this week's episode is a lot less of a bummer than the last one, because our main bitch, Isabella Swan, is back to her usual dumbass shenanigatory. Um, shenanigatory. So- yeah, it's a, it's a word. I made it up. All words are made up. Whatever. So before Katie does us the gracious favor of getting us up to speed on what we have all endured thus far, I first just wanted to say thank you um, to all of the new listeners who have jumped on board in the last week yes. or two and have been engaging with us on Twitter. Uh, we're on Twitter at STBC Podcast. You all are amazing. Thank you for tweeting all of your sweet hot takes on our podcast. Um, And also an equally huge thank you to the folks that brought all of the new folks on board. So if you're new here, welcome and we're sorry. Hmm. Uh, Speaking of Twitter, okay, I know that I said last week that we weren't going to read our Twitter to you again. And we're not going to totally. But there's one thing that, you know, is a very serious and important discussion uh, that happened on the Twitter today. And it's an issue that I would like to use our platform to bring to light. And this is, is Edward Cullen circumcised? Listen, this is the question we've all been asking ourselves, and Twitter user Manic Pixie Cowboy was the one brave enough to ask the question. Uh, but I'm curious, where did we land on this? Yeah, so I tweeted it earlier, and I was like, if anyone has, like, any historical or scientific, <laughs> like, evidence, please let us know. And so, of course, once again... Uh, Alice Kyra at Magical Girl Kyra on Twitter, who is a beautiful fucking angel, who we like, who by the way, by the way, I don't know if you know this, but Frankie wrote more of the uh, fan fiction for uh, Alice Kyra's birthday, which just happened in the last uh, few Happy weeks. Happy birthday, or baby! Sweet yeah, birthday, baby! Sweet birthday, baby! Oh. Uh, it's Russian Doll's so good. Anyways. It's so good. We can't talk about that. What yeah, I've watched did, it like five times. Anyways, what anyways, did so Alice Kara have to say about vampire circumcision? Well, she came through with us. 
the details. And apparently, circumcision started being promoted uh, as medical best practice in the late 1800s, well within Edward's time frame. And it uh, was both meant as a way for people to keep their dicks clean because, I guess, it's really hard. Like, if you're uncircumcised, if you're, like, out there and you have a dick and it's not circumcised, we have some questions. Please let us know the difficulty at which it, you have to clean your penis. I just want to know how if hard you're it is to keep to your dick know. clean. Because apparently this is a problem. Um, which what maybe was the it other is. Reason? I don't know. What was Anyways, the other reason for circumcision? I unfortunately... As I tweeted about on my private, which I'm going to mention anyways publicly. Oh, boy. Uh, I, sa- I said, God couldn't let me have a big dick because if he did... You'd be too powerful. I, I'd be too powerful with, with these tits, this ass, and a big dick. Like, it's everyone true. would die. Anyways. I'm still bummed about it, though. Um, that meaning that as two non-dick havers, Katie and I are in a position where we don't understand the intricacies of dick hygiene so we need you all <laughs> anyways another thing <laughs> that if you can let us know about this too if you feel like it uh it was also meant to prevent masturbation so if you're out there struggling to clean your dick and you can't <laughs> but you're like masturbating like crazy <laughs> just let us know i will say that alice kyra very astutely pointed out that this reason for circumcision is fucking bullshit because we all know that this had no impact on Edward Cullen, king of edging. Maybe they have such a hard time keeping their dicks clean because they can't stop jerking off long enough <laughs> to clean it. They're like, all the cum's just getting, like, caked on there. Stop. I need you to stop. It's important to me that we don't talk about this anymore. <laughs> I'm like clawing at my face. You can't see me, but I'm clawing at my face right now, listeners. Welcome uh, to the anyway, pod, so we landed, Where we landed is that Edward probably was circumcised, but our listeners think that good Dr. Car- uh, Carlisle convinced him to do it post transformation. Listen, I also, this is. Yeah. No, go, go ahead. ahead. I was, I was gonna, gonna say, say this- I figure out why I keep calling him Colin instead of Carlisle. Why? It's because of a, a Dragon Age uh, character oh. okay. uh, is named Colin, and he also has like blonde hair and like okay. is like whatever. Um, what I was gonna say is that I think it's fair to assume that Edward was not circumcised upon transformation. But here is my follow up question: If all parts of Edward dick included, became as hard as marble upon his entry into the vamp kingdom, wouldn't that include his foreskin? And so what are the mechanics of circumcision for a marble man? Here at STBC Podcast, we're asking the important questions. <laughs> what if he be, uh, when he became a vampire, part of becoming beautiful is your dick just naturally becomes circumcised? Because like the rest of the beautification process already goes by like Western standards. Oh, like, no. <laughs> I guarantee you, we're going like, to get at least one part listener. of your dick falls off. We're going to get, like, at least one or two people angrily tweeting at us about circumcision. I I feel it. I feel it. Well, hey, I want, a fucking, I want a global perspective, because I looked it up, and there's some of you in Japan. There's some of you in Argentina. There's some of That's you- That's my friend uh, Hannah. There's many, though. It's not just one person. There's several people. He has got people listening. Like Amazing. Um, someone's in like Denmark or something. I don't know. Y'all are all over. What's uh, that, baby? So fucking global perspective on 
uh, Edward's foreskin. Great. Um, so what anyways, happened last week? <laughs> if you missed last week, or honestly, every single other episode, don't worry. Because as usual, I have been entrusted with the solemn duty to recap you so you understand where you are now. If we keep recapping everything that comes before like you have been, this podcast is going to be two fucking hours long. Okay, like, I know. I know I took a long time last time and I get it. But people need to know. So I'll try to be concise this week. Yeah, great. Concise. The thing that we're known for. Wonderful. (laughs) Yeah. So, fuck off. So anyway, in this case, uh, no. Yeah. I cannot talk. I'm sorry. Not in this case. In case this is your first time (laughs) ever hearing the words Stephanie Meyer's Twilight, let me fill you in super briefly. Wait, listen. If Um, this is your first time hearing the words Stephanie Meyer's Twilight, I hope it's nice down there beneath that rock you've been living under. And also, do you have room for us? That would be really nice. So, but unfortunately, we have looking for a rock to crawl under. And we are currently (laughs) on chapter five of the second book in the series, which is called New Moon. Uh... But first came Twilight, a book about your average Mary Sue, but she was named Bella Swan, who fell in love with a hot vampire boy in her class, Edward Cullen. Unfortunately, and shockingly, I know, um, some bad stuff happened. Some real bad shit. And Bella was almost, like, eaten a few times, but it's okay, because she's still here, and she still went to prom. That's the most important thing. Yeah, so the book, uh, ended, and then came New Moon, uh, and honestly... Uh, sorry, I had to put my phone on silent. It kept buzzing. I didn't want it to get in your ears. Just me talking okay. about it, getting in your ears. Um, so yeah, then new move. And all you really need to know to understand where we are now is that Edward Cullen was a shitty vampire boyfriend, and then he mm-hmm. broke up with Bella in the woods, and mm-hmm. then just, like, bounced out of town with his whole family. And yep. Bella went into a several-month-long dissociative state, and only came out of it to make her friend Jessica super uncomfortable by chatting up some dudes outside a bar. I'll remind you, they're 18. But, uh, chatting to those dudes uh, made Bella hear Edward's voice in her ear, telling her to stay out of danger, so now she's out of her funk... Uh, but ready to chase that high as far as you can go. Concise. Proud Ish. of you, baby. It was, no, I'll, tell me about Tell me about chapter five, which is called <laughs> Cheater. So this chapter starts with Bella uh, at her job at Knockoff REI, where she works with which, Mike. Which, again, um, I used to work at Eddie Bauer, so I was having major flashbacks during, <laughs> like, when they describe, when they describe Mike selling to customers, and they're like, what's the difference with these two? And he's like, well, this is your answer, and also, let me show you this add-on item. And I was like, good job, Mike, you're good at this job. He's, Mike is good at working at knockoff Eddie Bauer. Which, so, imagine Bella trying to sell to customers. Terrible. Awful. She has no charisma. Um, so she's at work listening to some crunchy Portlandia types talk about the encounter one of them had with a giant wild animal on a recent hike, and I'm sure that that will never come up again. Um, so Bella (laughs) tells us, also, apropos of nothing, that she's been having night terrors and has been waking herself up screaming for four months. And she says that she always has the same dream, which is that she's alone, wandering in the woods, looking for something, and then slowly realizes that she doesn't know what she's looking for. So Bella, the world's most dramatic bitch, tells us that she finally realizes, towards the end of her dream, that there's nothing to search for, nothing to find, and that there never had been anything more than this empty, dreary wood, and there never would be anything more for me. Nothing but nothing. 
And which honestly, at which point she wakes up screaming. Yes, this is where she wakes up screaming. So honestly, this description of her dream kind of makes me feel better about the shitty teen poetry that I wrote about how I was sad and unloved because some pasty blonde kid wouldn't look at me or some shit. So, you know, basically, you know, Bella. <laughs> you know, I would make fun of you for that. Like, I feel like I should. But then we, I would have to... Uh, I'd be pretending. I'd be lying. (laughs) I would be lying like, okay, so I've used Epsilina since I was 13 (laughs) years old. Like, if you don't know what I'm talking about, at Epsilina, E-P-S-I-L-I-N-A is my handle on everything. And I've been using it since I was 13. But at one point when I was like 18 or 19, I had to go through and delete a lot of stuff off the internet, including poetry I used to write, uh, in which I described... Coldplay mm-hmm. as an emotion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sounds about right. I think that it's great that you brought that up because I had forgotten and I am very glad to be reminded. Um, you're a treasure. So <laughs> Bella mentions once again that she is uh, no longer able to maintain the numbness that she's been feeling for the last four months, and now she's in this tremendous amount of emotional pain because this is what happens when you avoid your emotions. I'm going to take a quick aside to talk about this because it makes me so upset because this is a thing uh-huh. that I actually talk to about, like, I talk about this with clients every single day of my job. Mm-hmm. It is obviously totally normal that we want to avoid difficult and uncomfortable emotions. Like why would we want to feel painful and shitty things? It makes sense that our automatic response is to do things to avoid feeling our emotions. But what we realize is that while avoidance works really well in the short term, what happens when we stuff our emotions down for too long without intentionally creating space to experience them is that in the long term, we miss out on meaningful experiences in our lives. And our lives shrink, like Bella's life has been shrinking. And the other thing that happens is we don't know how to tolerate our emotions when they do arise. And when they arise, it often happens all at once because we're not prepared for them to show up. And it's like opening the floodgates, right? So Bella's been avoiding her emotions for four months. And now what happens is that she can't tolerate it because it's all coming up all at the same time. Go to therapy, Bella. Holy shit. Yeah, also... What you described just now is also uh, something that men just do all the time. Yes. Yes. We're taught to do. Men get taught emotional avoidance. Like, avoiding aversive emotional experiences is a normal human thing that we all do, but men are particularly bad at this because they get socialized not to experience their emotions in healthy ways. So, men, all of you should also go to therapy. All of you should yes, all... Yes, honestly, every single man needs to go to every therapy. Every man needs to go to therapy. Anyway, I'm going to step and off then, my you third know, wave. And then, you know, you can always get off... Plus, they can always, you know, get the benefit of being able to put on their t- uh, Tinder, uh, I already have a therapist. Listen. Uh, which, I'm saying that like I'm making fun of that, but I actually think it's hilarious the first time I heard of someone doing that. Actually, I think Jared was the first person I knew who did that. Honestly, was bless hysterical. Jared. This is vital information. Um, so I'm gonna step off my third wave behavioral therapy soapbox, and as I do that, Bella is pulling over on the side of the road because she's having a panic attack. So she spends, like, three pages telling us what we already know, which is basically just that she's sad. Um, she reminds us once again that her relationship with Edward was only a few short months, which never ceases to be horrifying, and that this loss that she's experienced has changed her past the point of recognition. Yep. So after Bella manages to de-escalate, 
she's aimlessly driving around forts, and she decides that Everett has broken his end of this bargain that they made, um, that she would, like, keep herself safe, uh, that he, or she wouldn't do anything reckless, and that he would make it so, as if he was never there. Uh, um, yeah, so he's broken the, uh, the, his end of the bargain by being unforgettable. As a reminder, he, again, he said that it'd be as if he never existed. And then proceeded to do some truly on-brand, fucked up, indirect gaslighting. Um, so in light of Everett's indelible memory, Bella decides uh, she wants to break her promise too, because fuck you, and decides uh, to try to find a way to be reckless, uh, i.e. put herself in danger. Right, and I want to take this opportunity to remind all of us once again that risk-taking behavior is a trauma symptom. Yep. So, uh, yes. I'm sorry. I'm just not, I was talking a lot this week about my own trauma and talking mm-hmm. about like uh like risky sexual encounters and mm-hmm. I was just like, oh. anyways, it's a fucking trauma symptom. So, yep. Bella's driving around and she notices what Bella Swan would obviously notice, which is two super beat-up motorcycles for sale in someone's yard. Fuck yes. And proceeds to go on a patrolling rant about how Charlie hates them, had seen a ton of kids, killed the motorcycles, and made her promise as a kid that she would never, ever even accept a ride on one. And then immediately it's like, yeah, sure, I'll buy those. Uh, And of course, uh, we need to pause here to discuss Bella's most well-established kink, her car crash fetish. Well, I get that these are motorcycles and not technically cars. Motorcycles. Motor vehicle fetish, like, doesn't quite roll off the tongue in the same way. Uh, and we all know that this bitch does not discriminate. Is this so, the uh, first canonical car crash fetish evidence that we have gotten in New Moon? Because I, my heart is just pitter-pattering away right now. I there's gonna be so love, much of it, though. I love Ugh. a car crash fetish, uh, just a teaser, you know? It's nice. A it's teaser, a nice little yeah. morsel this from part- Stephanie Meyer. <laughs> this part made me fucking cackle because she's talking about all these accidents and she goes, there was no shortage of that kind of action. <laughs> yeah, you know. She's like, I can't get any, but at least I can see people crash. <laughs> um, and, this, and again, as someone who frequently uses both masturbation and questionable sexual encounters as a coping mechanism, I really can't oh blame Bella for leaning hard into her fetishes in her time of need. Who would have thought that Bella Swan's car crash fetish would become the most sympathetic thing about her? So, you all may be asking yourselves, as I certainly was, what the fuck does Isabella Swan, possessor of precisely no manual labor skills, plan to do with two beat-up motorcycles? Good news, dear readers, Bella remembers that Jacob, who she has presumably not seen or talked to since he crashed her prom uh, to tell her that uh, vampires are evil and the Quilus would be watching her, I guess. That was the last time she saw him. She remembers that he fixes cars. So she calls Oh, and Charlie. by the way, the way that she the way that she remembers this is hilarious because it's like, hmm. It's like she goes through a Rolodex, like, which friend can I exploit for their labor? Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. It's Jacob, the boy from the reservation. I can exploit him for his labor. <laughs> the way that you, so you all cannot see this, but Katie just held up their hand as though they were holding an index card that they had pulled out of a Rolodex, and it just felt very Janet from the good place. 
Um, it was great. I loved it. So, yes. Yeah, so, Bella uh, remembers that she can continue to exploit this friend for his labor. So, she calls Charlie for Jacob's address. She drives down to La Push, and she promptly informs us that Jacob's balls have dropped and he's a certifiable hottie now. Um, yes. Okay, but but in all honesty, the description of Jacob's body is really deeply gratuitous. Yeah. Like, Stephanie Meyer really spends is. a whole paragraph talking about like Jacob's muscles and the way that his t-shirt is like stretched over his newly developed chest. It also mentions his skin color twice. Um, and it made me really yeah. uncomfortable because it feels very fetishizing, especially when you consider the difference in the way that the descriptions of Edward have sounded. Because the way that Stephanie Meyer writes descriptions of Edward, it's always been like, he's so pure and pristine and beautiful. And the description of Jacob just feels a lot more sort of like viscerally sexual. And the fact yeah. that that's the difference between descriptions of a white character and descriptions of a brown character make me yeah. feel pretty fucking gross. I wrote in my notes during this part, Stephanie Meyer owes Sahana money. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Reparations. I literally wrote that in my notes. I was like, of like, Sahana deserves money for having to read this, like, as a brown right. person. Uh, but, yeah, and also, it literally sounded like... I imagine that Stephanie Meyer had a list next to her of, like, what is Synonyms every way I've for the herd brown? No, not that. It's, like, how... What are all the stereotypes of how an indigenous person looks. Ah, uh, yes. Yep. Their faces are broad, and their skin is reddish-brown, and, like, literally... And they have long shoulders, like, black hair. Like, ridiculous. And, like, every single character that came in, she was like, ah, yes, this tall, broad-faced, dark-skinned uh, man with long, silky black hair. Uh, and it was like... And everyone was described almost exactly the same. I, like, You know later. what I'm realizing... I am realizing that the way that Stephanie Meyer writes the description of Jacob makes him sound like John Redcorn on King of the Hill. <laughs> Do you watch King of the Hill? <laughs> yes, and also I feel like that's a good time to mention... Wait, is the King of the Hill podcast actually published on the Orange Girls or is it only in the, like... There's a King uh, of the Hill pilots. podcast? My life has just gotten so much better. I think it might um, only be on the Patreon. <laughs> I think it might be, a, like, a test one that's only on the Patreon. But, yeah, Jory... Uh, we have a friend named Jory. Uh, he's Jory's really great. great. You can find him on Twitter. I think it's... What the fuck? I never remember what his handle is. I think it's... No, I'm Jory. Anyways. That uh, sounds right. Jory has a King of the Hill... Oh, like, a podcast where he's rewatching King of the Hill. So you should message Jory and ask if you can guess on an episode. <laughs> I, okay. I will do that. That makes me so happy. Um, and it should not... Your description of a native person should not be so stereotypically bland that I could also apply it to John Redcorn. <laughs> anyway. Um, so this is, this is not the but first yeah, but last time that she's going to yeah, do this. But like people have, people have definitely called the yeah, Meyer out on this before. And it's definitely just going to get worse throughout the rest of this book series. And we're going to come back to it. Uh, because we're never going to be done being mad about it. Uh, nope. But I do need to let you all know that Jacob is canonically 6'5". Isn't Bella 5'4"? Yeah, she's 5'4", and he's, she's like, holy shit, you grew again. He's like 6'5", still lanky as hell, though. <laughs> oh, no. Now I know 
why you were team Jacob is because he has skeleton man energy. This is the root. I found the skeleton man root. I have done it. Good night, everyone. The podcast is over. We're done. Mission accomplished. Wait, is that why I was team Jacob or is that why I like tall skinny dudes? I don't know which. This is a chicken and egg situation, my friend. True, because I feel like two things happened at once. Of two things I was absolutely certain. One, I was... I was... I was in love with a boy named Jacob Black. Two, my middle school boyfriend was tall and lanky. Yeah, he was. Oh, Anyways. man. Um, so... Um, Bella also reminds us for the 9,000th time that Jacob Black is, like, super in love with her because how could anybody not be? Um, so (laughs) she and Jacob go out to his garage where he's rebuilding a car with a part that he got from Billy for interrupting Bella's prom. Um, Bella (laughs) then asks if he'll help. This book is absurd. Bella asks Jacob if he'll help rebuild the bikes, and when he agrees to do it, she tells him that he can keep one of them. So she reminds us that he is only 16, which makes the gratuitous description oh, of saying, rippling muscles you even... even... <laughs> what, is, what does she say? She's like, are you even... Like, she's talking about to drive, but she's like, are oh. you even legal? Because in my oh head, she's God. like, haha, are you legal to drive? But she's also like, but are you legal to fuck? Like... That's, I feel like that's what the implicit uh, messaging All is. she does is but talk about his body, which I can only imagine it's... means that, like, Bella is just like... Bella's like... <laughs> I love Edward, but, uh... She's trying to fuck, dude. She's trying to fuck. Bella's always trying trying to fuck. fuck everything. Clearly she's... Listen, she is trying to fuck because she's trying to get him to teach her how to ride a... Like, try to fix a motorcycle and ride it because she wants to get in a car crash with him. (laughs) God. Um, so... Anyway, Bella's gross, uh, and then she (laughs) gets Jacob to unload the bikes from her truck while she hides in the bushes. It's literally what it says. Uh, so at this point, Bella also acknowledges that Jacob is likely agreeing to do this for her, despite the fact that it would get him in a fuck ton of trouble with Billy and Charlie, because he likes her. Um, and she says that she doesn't want to give him the wrong idea, but at the same time, it's absolutely purposefully manipulating him into doing what she wants because she knows that she can get that out of him. Um, so I have a really hard time believing that she doesn't know exactly what she's doing here. Um, Mm. also Bella Swan, dumbest bitch alive, then tells us that she is spending her fucking college fund to repair these motorbikes, about which I have several questions. She literally says college knowledge. She does say college schmollage. They made um, me read that with my two goddamn eyes. And now we're making all of you hear us say it. Uh, but I like Jacob. I'm going to withhold my judgment. And that is where the chapter ends. What actually was your... No, my favorite ahead. part? Yeah. You, my favorite part? part of the is that chapter? what you're going to ask me? Uh, that is what I was going to ask part, you. My favorite part is actually the last uh, paragraph of that chapter. Can I read it out loud? Please, I would be so delighted. Okay, so right where you were saying, you know, like, she's just like, I'm going to spend my college money on this, and Jacob agrees to it. She goes, only a teenage boy would agree to this. Deceiving both our parents while repairing dangerous vehicles using money meant for my college education? He didn't see anything wrong with that picture. Jacob was a gift from the gods. I'm just like, 
I, it's so fucking goofy to me. I don't know why. It's just like it's bananas. <laughs> Who talks like true? that? It's it's like not untrue. Like probably no, it's, it's true. Only a teenage boy would agree to that. Or like up through twenty two, I suppose maybe. <laughs> I feel like it's but also it's crazy, just but... like she full ass knows what she's doing. Like she does. Oh, a thousand percent. Um, what is your favorite part? I want to take us back to bad poetry for a moment and read you a line um, from from the wordsmith of our generation, Isabella Swan, who says, "The cold rain dripped through my hair and then trickled across my cheeks like fresh water tears." <laughs> What? Wait, what? what? Is that? I don't even remember that. It's line. when she's standing in the rain buying a motorcycle. Like, it's literally, <laughs> she's like standing on the porch waiting for the kid that she goes to high school with to answer the door and sell her the motorcycles in his yard. And it's raining. And she's like, the rain trickled across my cheeks like freshwater tears. What kind of emo ass bullshit? Do you think people were gossiping about this? Do you think he was like, Bella Swan just showed up with my lawn in the rain <laughs> oh, and bought my motorcycles? Absolutely they were. And I just feel like... At this like point, Bella everyone's Swan so fucking seen, tech- <laughs> She hasn't been seen in like months and then she just shows up in the rain and buys some motorcycles. Hey man. Also, do they tell us how Bella pays for the motorcycles? Does she just have... Oh no, he her tells lot her that, of cash with her. Oh yeah, her sock full of money. Doesn't he just tell her that she can take them? I think he I think that's what happens. Like, is he's like, just as, have them. He's like, they're broken as fuck. I don't remember. I'm oh, gonna go into chapter six if that's okay. Please do. What is chapter six called? Uh, friends. Which, like, why does Stephanie Meyer even bother to name these chapters? Like, is Cheater and Friends really better than Chapter 6? Like, How else anyway. would we know what was coming in this chapter? Oh, man. Anyway, God. We couldn't be left in suspense for even a second. So, anyway, uh, three cheers for a lack of accessibility because Jacob and Bella don't have to hide the motorcycles because Billy... Can't Billy's wheelchair uh, can't navigate to the garage. A fact that Meyer opens a chapter with. Hard fucking yikes, dude. <laughs> it's just, I think it's, oh, God. Oh. Like, and there's just, she just puts it out there like it's this convenient fact. Ha ha, we can use this against him. Anyways, oh, God. so Jacob starts uh, to take apart the bikes and work on them while uh, chatting to Bella about his life. And uh, he mentions his two friends, Quill and Embry. Uh, and Bella, the whitest bitch alive, immediately says that their names are weird. I, listen, uh, do not get me fucking started on this bullshit. I am so mad at Bella Swan for all things, but particularly this, because she also says that she thinks it's weird that they get mad when people, like, comment on their names being weird, and she just solidifies herself as my personal nemesis. Yeah, she literally is like, um... Yeah, because he's Jacob says that they'll tag team her if she comments uh, on their names to their faces. And she's like, oh, these are your good friends. They sound like bad friends. He's like, no, they're just like, don't want people making fun of their names. Like, I don't, like, they're cool. Shut the fuck up. Uh, and while I am side-eyeing Stephanie Meyer for literally giving one of the boys a name that is just the first four letters of his tribe, <laughs> like, I think we can all agree that shut the fuck up, Bella, would have been an appropriate response to this. Yes, this uh, is, and anyways, that is the I only hope correct that, response. 
And I hope that they do tag team her, because personally, I would love to see that squash match. Uh, <laughs> anyway, no sooner are their names said than the boys themselves appear. Uh, and at this point, Stephanie Meyer treats us to descriptions of the boys that, once again, I believe warrant reparations to every brown person who's had to read this as a teenager. Uh, and the boys start talking shop with Jacob about the bikes. And so then fellow's like, you know what? I've really been pretty racist today. I think it's time to get that a little pause. And I'm just going to get real cis-normative. Uh, and she's like, uh, uh, I think I'd have to have a Y chromosome to really understand the excitement. I'm I just, just like, there fuck are off, so, Bella. There are so many things that are just inherently incorrect about that statement that I don't have the energy to unpack them. Do you know what's better than this book? Uh, Frankie's... Uh, fan fiction? Fan fiction, where Bella's trans. Amazing. Um, so eventually, it comes time to leave, uh, but not before Bella makes plans to go shopping with Jacob the following day, and she can hear, like, ooh, noises from the boys <laughs> as she walks away, and Bella finds herself, like, you know, smiling, happy. What a concept. Like, weird how when you spend- Yeah, it's really weird how when you spend time with people who are, like, nice and kind to you, that you actually feel- happy like i would like to remind you all uh right now though that i was team jacob was a teenager and so far i still am now although i'm team jacob in the same way uh where i'm team jess like from Mm -hmm. gilmore girls uh meaning that jacob is too good for bella and should please find someone else preferably not her (laughs) demon spawn but i digress we won't ever hear that again yeah so Bella goes home, has dinner with Charlie, and goes to bed, still feeling happy. And in fact, she's so not upset uh, that she doesn't even have the horrific nightmare she's been having for months. Because imagine that. You stop socially isolating yourself after a trauma, and instead you connect with people who love you and support you, and you experience relief from your symptoms. Amazing. Who would have known? So the next day at breakfast, Charlie cautiously asks Bella what she's up to that day, still uncertain how to act around his suddenly responsive daughter. And actually, no, it says he tried to hide his scrutiny, keeping his eyes on his eggs. And for some reason, (laughs) I just really couldn't stop giggling at that part. I was just like, I really want that to become a new phrase for minding your own business. Like, hey, I keep my eyes on my eggs over here. Watch your own eggs. We gotta keep making up new phrases. Uh, another thing that we that Sahana and I and our friend Carly uh, and Michelle made up was our phone kept changing. Um, what did it change from? To I caught? think it was right. It was the word right. It kept changing it to caught. <laughs> but now instead of saying that we feel called out, we say that we're we're caught or like we've been caught. <laughs> like C A U G H T. Yeah. C A. Yeah. I said C H C A U G H T. Uh, yeah. So we, we've been caught. Uh, we got caught a lot on the Twitter this week. Anyways, we did. Um, we did. So, anyways, moving on. Uh, Bella tells him that actually she's gonna go see Jacob again, and since Charlie says Harry Clearwater is coming over for the game anyway, uh, Bella suggests that he invite Billy down too. And like, what a fucking excellent chess move on Bella's part. Yeah, She's I was like, actually pretty proud of her. The house. <laughs> this, is, this is a good so move. So Bella grabs her, her stuff. I also though like, I thought it was weird that 
Charlie, who's normally really protective, wasn't like, no, you can't hang out with Jacob unless a parent is home. He's like, oh, it's fine. I would not I have been allowed to. I could not have boys over and go to their house if, uh, I remember I couldn't even go to Ian Mark's house to swim in his, uh, above ground pool because my dad wouldn't let me. Because um, he was a boy and even mm-hmm. though his brother would have been there, uh, it could have been. That would have provided chased. no supervision at all. <laughs> well, true, but what is more of a wet blanket than Ben? Like, <laughs> that's, that would me, that's true. There's, there's nothing in the world that would make me less sexually aroused than <laughs> Ben being there. <laughs> this poor man is just getting roasted on a podcast. It's fine. He's not he a deserves poor it. Man. Fuck he deserves it. He's man. the worst person. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so, anyways. Where the fuck even was I? Um, uh, so Bella... Yeah, so anyway, so Bella grabs her stuff. Yeah, she she grabs her stuff. And on her way out, Meyer now tries to convince us that in addition to having a wad of cash shoved in a sock under her bed, Bella also has a checkings account, but apparently not a debit card because she brings her checkbook <laughs> with her. So she flosses back when we get to the reservation and Jacob expresses concern. He's like, these parts might cost a lot, Bella. And she's like, I got it. He's like, no, like, I should pay for some of it. They're going to cost a lot. And she's like, it's chill. And he's like, like, maybe over, like, $100, which I kind of was like, yeah, it's cars for a motorcycle. But anyways, <laughs> he's like, we should really start at our dump uh, before we had any shops. Uh, and and then she's like, like, nah, nah, bitch, I got my checkbook. Like, she literally, like, flashes her checkbook at him. And this is, like, this is, the fact that she pulls out her checkbook to try to flex about how much money she has is bananas. And I think it is bananas for two reasons. So, first, who the fuck still uses a checkbook and especially as a flex? Like, oh, I'm that annoying middle-aged mom at the grocery store who holds the whole fucking lineup because I think credit cards are a government conspiracy, <laughs> just like vaccines. Let me be your sugar daddy. Like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> Second of all, and way more upsettingly, we know that Native and Indigenous folks have the highest rate of poverty by proportion of any minority racial group. And this especially impacts Native folks who live on reservations and have limited access to resources. So Jacob's concern about how much money this project is going to cost is probably coming from a place of lived experience of poverty and marginalization. And the fact that Bella is so dismissive of this just, like, fucks me up. Like, she literally just, like, flashes her checkbook and rolls her eyes at Jacob. Which also is so, like, wild, because it's like, Bella, we literally just got done, uh, maybe not just, it might have been a while ago now, but it was within this book, of you being like, I grew up poor, I didn't have any money growing up, it really makes me uncomfortable when Edward spends a lot of money on me, I wish he would understand this, and then the second that someone else is like, I don't know if I'm comfortable with you spending all this money on me and just giving me something like this, she's like, nah, fuck you, I got it, like... She has, like, no self-awareness. None so, anyway, anyways, Bella, much to her surprise, has a good time with Jacob. And this this is truly, like, a narcissist learning to appreciate her first human other than herself. Because <laughs> she reflects, she, right? Because she reflects on the day, she thinks. And I'm going to read a lot of this verbatim, so one second. Um, I don't know what page this is on. Okay, um, so, yeah, she goes, I enjoyed myself. 
Even at the dump, in the slopping rain and ankle-deep mud, I wondered at first if it was just the aftershock of losing the numbness, but I didn't think that was enough of an explanation. I was beginning to think it was mostly Jacob. It wasn't just that he was always happy to see me, or that he didn't watch me out of the corner of his eye waiting for me to do something that would mark me as crazy or depressed. It was nothing that related to me at all. It was Jacob himself. Bella feels the need to explain that another person made her happy, and not just because it benefited her, which honestly is an explanation we need because she only ever thinks about people in terms of their utility. So she's like, like this is the it, first she's time. like, I liked, she's like, I'm happy, and it didn't even have to do with like me. I don't get yeah, it. Yeah, like this is this is the first time that Bella describes having like a positive social interaction that is not focused on her or her needs, like. It's wild to me. Yeah, because normally she's like, I'm happy because they didn't talk to me. Or like, I'm happy because they did what I wanted them to. And this time she's like, I'm just happy because Jacob was nice. Um, and so she does go on to talk about Jacob being, like, pretty sweetly, actually. She's like, uh, he was like an earthbound son. Whenever someone was within his gravitational pull, Jacob warmed them. Which is honestly super cute. And also how I would describe all of my friends. Special shout out in particular to my co-host Sahana, who radiates uh, pure sunshine all the time. You, okay, um, A, and most importantly, you're the love of my life. Uh, and same here, B, baby. I made literally this same note when I was reading about how cute this description was and also about how it made me think of the way that you and I describe each other. So I just wanted to apologize to everyone listening because Katie and I are in love. Sorry about it. I have literally never been less sorry about something in my entire life. You know, that's Um, fair. Anyways, so the rest of their time alone together is them bantering back and forth. And at one point, Jacob mentions that Quill might like, like, like Bella. And she says that she's too old for him anyway. Uh, which Jacob, being the same age, takes issue with. And then um, Bella says something, like, fully unintelligible about the difference in maturity between guys and girls, which I will remind all of us is culturally imposed and not a biological fact, for the record. Um, and also, apparently, this means that they have to count things in dog ears. Uh, sure, Bella, whatever. Great. Yeah, and counting in dog ears is my favorite foreshadowing yet. <laughs> it's, it's, oh, it's really bad. Um, so this part, this part though, like, is actually pretty cute. Um, and so they keep making these arbitrary measurements of who is older. Like, Bella loses two years for not being able to change a tire, uh, but gains one back for bookkeeping for her household. Which, side note, what? (laughs) Like, does Charlie just humor her? Because he was handling everything himself for years. Also, I I don't think she's even been there for a tax season yet, so, um, (laughs) (laughs) Like, it's like, oh, what month is it right now? Um, January or something? January. It's been a year. Oh, yeah, it has been a year. So she just moved in and was like, let me do your taxes. (laughs) I guess. So I'd like to take the, okay, I think this would be fun. I'd like to take a moment uh, and figure out some things that you and I would gain and lose years for. So, like, for instance... Like, I think I gain a year because I make really excellent and well-organized spreadsheets. Mm -hmm. Um, But I definitely lost three years this week for jerking it to anime. Oh, okay. So, um, two thoughts about that. Um, My first thought is, uh, you okay, bro? You you doing all right? (laughs) I Um, wasn't. I won't lie to you. (laughs) This week was pretty rough. 
Um, what better way to I, cope with it other than anime titties? Also, see, real quick, uh, everyone on here, I think I'm gonna dye my hair teal so I can just do like a temporary, like perma bulma cosplay. And so if I do that, you all owe me money. Every single one of you. <laughs> I don't know. Every nerd out there, every nerd out there who understands what I'm talking about, um, like Zahana, you owe me money <laughs> if I you you owe me money if I dress up as Bulma and, and post pictures because you know I'm I'm be, glad that yeah I'm glad that the look on my face was uh, interpretable because uh, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, the other thing Sahana's that I never say, watched Dragon Ball or Dragon Ball Z. Are those those are two different things? You all know who Sahana, <laughs> Sahana's caught right now. <laughs> No, I'm not. I don't feel I can't called wait. out. No, I'm... our fans, our fans are nerds, and they're going to get on you for this. Oh, they're gonna catch me. I don't know anything. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, the other thing that I have to say to that is that I wish that I felt more surprised learning that you jerked it to anime titties this week, and I'm just um, not. <laughs> I didn't say specifically anime titties, but it's true. Um, you did. You, so, did. you did say the phrase anime titties. I thought I just said anime. Maybe I said anime nope. titties. You definitely said anime titties. Run it back. Um, I promise I'll you that listen. I would not have organically generated the phrase anime titties. <laughs> I'm sure I said it somewhere. I just couldn't remember saying it out loud here. I mean, you did. Um, I believe you. I believe you. What so, do you gain? You. What do you. Okay. I, I feel like I gain years for um, always telling people to text me when they get home. Um, I gain a year for always reminding people to bring a coat and their phone charger. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, I, what do I lose a year? What do I lose years for? Do I lose um, years because I didn't kiss a boy until I was 18? No. <laughs> No, no, because we're talking about currently. You can't lose oh. years for things in the past. You Oh, it's not retroactive, you, um, okay. You lose years for um still liking emo, like the kind of sad boy music that you like. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. The fact that you still I, listen to sad wait, white, I lose, the fact that I you lose, still listen to sad white boys, uh yeah, they make that's you cry. A, listen, to, 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 first of all, I'd like to defend myself because I have transitioned to listening to sad too. women of color. I have transitioned to listening to sad women of color, so I feel like I have you fully back for that. Have you fully? Not fully, but I've made, I would, I would lose less years. The other thing that I want to say, though, is that I do lose at least two years for still being in love with Emo Jughead. I really, that takes, oh, that yeah. takes some time away from me, I think. Yes. <laughs> Um, there's probably Uh, other things. There's a lot of things I could say that you would lose uh, years for, but I'm trying not to call you out on the (laughs) podcast because I know that I come here to be overly vulnerable, so I'm not (laughs) going to inflict that on you. So we should move on. But now I'm really curious about what those things are, so you have to tell me off air. (laughs) Okay. Um... So, um, anyway, so, um, immediately yeah. after this uh, very sweet moment. Um, Which, in where, case you forgot, it was a sweet moment, and it wasn't. It was a, it probably it was was a, a sweet like moment. This, but, it yeah. it probably, well, they did, they, it is cute because they roast each other the whole time, so. Which is cute. Um, 
It is cute. So immediately after that moment, Bella reminds us, however, that she hadn't forgotten the reason for what I was doing and that she's still trying to cheat, which now almost sounds like it has a double meaning. It's so disappointing. Um, yes. So anyway, Bella and Jacob come back from buying parts for the motorcycles um, and they end up having dinner with the blacks and the clear waters, like their whole families. And it's actually a really nice moment. Like it's the first time that we really have gotten to see Bella engage in any kind of like family or community outside of the Cullens, who I would argue barely actually count as a family um, in the way mm-hmm. that they treated her. And so it really makes me wonder what Bella's life could feel like and how much more fulfilling it could have been if Edward hadn't been a part of it or if she had ultimately chosen Jacob. Um, right? And I'm not saying, I am not saying that but Jacob doesn't do some fucked up manipulative shit later on in this series because he absolutely does and we will get there and they will be the reddest of red flags. But in this moment, I absolutely understand why people were team Jacob. I feel a kinship Fuck. with yeah. teenage Katie now. Um, <laughs> and it's because... Jacob gives Bella access to a community of people that really love and respect her dad and who really care about her well-being. Um, Like, while she's at this dinner, she even says that, like, she feels so good that she doesn't want to leave. And this is the first time that we've heard Bella talk about having, like, a fully positive social interaction with other people. This also reminded me of one of the reasons why I know that as a teenager and as an adult, I am still firmly team Jacob. And it's... So before they get to dinner, they're coming back from the garage and they're like walking through the edge of the woods to get there. And like Bella, like Jacob grabs Bella by the hand to lead her, which is something we've seen Edward do a lot of times. But when Edward does it, like he always fucking like drags Bella or somehow, somehow or another forcibly. I mean, I feel like he doesn't even usually like hold her hand. He just picks her up. Yeah. But even when he does, he like drags her places, Mm -hmm. you know. Like, he'll yank her hand or whatever. But this time, it's like, she's like, yeah, he grabbed my hand and helped me through the woods because he knew it better than me. And we took, like, we still fell and tripped and stuff. But it was nice. And his hand was, like, uh, rough and so warm. And, like, we we came out giggling. And it wasn't, like, a super hearty giggle, but it was just a nice, light giggle. Just the joy of being around Jacob. And I was like, so as a teenager and as an adult, like, wow, comparatively, this is so beautiful. Yes. So anyways, once she gets home, uh, Bella starts to feel more anxious, which is understandable. You can't fix trauma in a day. Um, and so she emails her mom. And this part made me giggle because she says that she, like, she's like, yeah, I finally offered up information about my own life, which I hadn't been doing in months. She's like, I told my mom about the spaghetti party at Billy's. <laughs> and I'm just really, I'm really into that spaghetti party. Do you uh, want to throw, can we throw a spaghetti party? We can throw a fucking spaghetti party for sure. So, unfortunately, <laughs> she eventually has to sleep uh, and eventually has to dream again. And her nightmare does return tonight. Uh, but this time, however, uh, Sam Yuli uh, is in her very familiar dream. Uh, the guy, um, if you don't remember, he is the person who saved her from the woods when after Edward left her and she, like, drifted off into the woods and fell asleep or whatever. Uh, yes. He was the one who found her. Yes. So she says that Sam Yuli is just in her dream. He is just standing there and watching her with cold eyes. But then when she looks away, his shape shifts in her peripheral vision. So, um, hmm. Shifting shapes? Shape shifting? 
Probably nothing. I hope there there are probably some people out there who like don't know what we're making reference to. <laughs> I, I do try to think about that so. a lot. Like a lot of the foreshadowing of this book, knowing what comes, seems like painfully obvious. But when I actually think about it, if I didn't know what was coming, it probably wouldn't be so painful. Like it wouldn't. It would just be like, huh, that's kind of weird. They keep mentioning that, <laughs> but it wouldn't be like. As absurd. Yeah, I feel um, like with awareness, it's really heavy-handed. Um, okay. But so. so, Bella wakes up from her nightmare, and she takes herself to school. And at school, Bella Swan, the dumbest and least self-aware bitch on planet Earth, once again seems confused that Jessica's giving her the cold shoulder. I will remind you that she is at school on Monday, and Friday, she literally <sighs> talked to a bunch of randoms outside a bar while Jessica was with her, so... It is no wonder that Jessica is still fucking mad at her. Um, so now that she's beginning to emerge from a four-month-long dissociative state, she's also noticing that nobody pays attention to her anymore because, well, you know, she hasn't fucking interacted with anyone in four months. Um, and she says, she says, <laughs> I might as well have been packed in styrofoam peanuts through the last semester, <laughs> which I don't know exactly what she means by that, but honestly, I agree. Useless. I think she means she must have been like she might as well have been put away, like you put away the Christmas tree or something, you know? Like Um I I don't know, man. Um so Bella starts noticing all the shit that she's missed in the last four months, which is mostly haircuts, apparently. Um and so Angela yeah. who <laughs> She's so bitchy about everyone's haircuts. She is she's such an ass. Um, she's like, she cut her hair short. It was so short it was almost like a boy's in the back. Why would she do that? Some people are crazy. Wild. <laughs> Um, and so Angela, who's a character that we haven't heard about probably since, like, chapter three of Twilight, um, tells everyone that she and Ben, who is another character that I don't remember, were planning to go to Hot Springs, which is very Pacific <laughs> Northwest of them. Um, they were going to go to Hot Springs that weekend, but they had to change their plans because they saw some kind of animal, and they said that the animal was too big to be a bear. And so Lauren and Jessica try to be like, oh, Angela, you're lying. You're just making shit up for attention because Lauren and Jessica are bitches. Um, and mm-hmm. but Bella sticks up for Angela because of what the hikers at work said to her um, in the last chapter. And so she like tries to confirm this with Mike and everyone is fucking bewildered that Bella has anything to say at all. Because once again, she has not said anything to anybody in the last four months. Um yeah. So they leave the lunchroom. And, like, and also, like, they keep, like, after this, like, Mike keeps trying to talk to her. Because Mike, as yes. we know, has been, like, a genuine, honest friend. Like, she's always just, like, Mike's just so in love with me. He just keeps talking to me because he's in love with me. And it's, mm, he's obsessed. But really, Mike's just, like, a, I think Mike's just a caring dude. Because he, they she talks about how, like, every week, you know, I mentioned this in a previous episode, that every week he's like, hey, Bella, are you, you going to be at work on Saturday? And she's like, why does he keep asking me this? And clearly he's asking her because he's like, I hope you eventually have plans. Like, I hope you do something or reach out or do anything. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. and he's clearly trying to catch, check in and engage with her. Like, he's the only person that she mentions who consistently tries to engage with her. And, yes. and he does this. And once she opens up, he immediately is like, okay, I'm going to be here for this. I'm going to give you attention. You're like, you're coming to us. I'll meet you where you're at. And, but she's such and a And she's like, it. he's so annoying. Um... So she leaves the lunchroom and Angela like follows her out and is like, hey, Bella, thanks so much for sticking up for me. I really appreciate it. Also, are you doing okay? Like she makes this kind gesture to Bella and Bella's response is, see, this is why I picked Jessica. Angela's too perceptive, which honestly, 
just makes me so sad for Bella. This part, like so many others, just made me really upset at Bella because Bella is incapable of talking about other people without ranking them in comparison to each other and discussing their level of utility to her. It's she quite literally She quite literally says, she's like, I like Angela better, but Jess is more useful to my needs. And it's gross. It's really fucking gross. Um, so this chapter then ends with Bella realizing that it's been a year to the day since she started at Forks High School. So once oh, again... Oh yeah, it's January 19th, and she started on January 18th the year before. Yes. Um, happy birthday to Stephanie. Um, <laughs> anyway. Um, so once again, this reminds us that everything that has happened in this series up until this point, including an attempted assault, a role in vampire romance, several attempts on Bella's life, a traumatic loss, auditory hallucinations, and all kinds of other bullshit have happened in one year. Like, yeah, Jesus fucking Christ. Um, so that said, what was your favorite part? I, okay, so my favorite part is actually like kind of fun. I chuckled. Um, and it is that I think that it's actually kind of hilarious that we get descriptions of Quill and Embry just, like, being, like, shitty teenage boys about the I fact thought that, that was the so girl... Good. Yes, the, the, they're, like, razzing their friend because the girl he's in love with is, like, here hanging out with him building bikes. Like, that part where they're like, ooh, you're going shopping with them! Yeah. You know? <laughs> um, but my favorite part about this is that Bella's talking oh, to God. Jacob... Bella's talking to Jacob, and she's, like, talking about fixing up the bikes. Um, And she says something about riding lessons. And Quill whispers something to Embry that makes Jacob reach out and smack him, which I can only assume means that one of them made some kind of innuendo about riding lessons in Twilight. And the fact that there is a canonical dick joke in Twilight makes me feel blessed. I feel blessed. That part was it's so amazing. funny because they literally just come by and they're like, oh, hey. And then they see Bella and they're like, what the fuck? Who's this white bitch? <laughs> and, he's like, and then he's like, this is Bella. And then they're like, huh? oh, shit. Hey, Bella, I'm Quill and I'm Embry, but you probably already figured that one out. And so <laughs> literally what he said. Oh, God. What's your favorite part of this chapter? It was also innuendo, actually. Uh, It was... Bella's watching Jacob, and she's like, Jacob's skill with his hands was fascinating. And it's the same paragraph mentions that he has big feet. And I'm like, okay, Bella. (laughs) We know what's on your mind. Bella, try to fuck. She's trying to fuck. So badly. So badly. She's like, are you legal? She's like, oh, you're only 16, uh, but I'm only 18. I don't know if that's okay. Maybe we'll uh, just crash our motorcycles and just accidentally fuck. I think that's what she's um, hoping for. But hey, I do have to say, (laughs) without Edward... This was, I think, the first time ever since we've introduced it as a concept that we went a week without having a red flag moment. I noticed that also. I was like, this is the first set of chapters that Edward has not been in and wildly no red flag. And also, um, 
I do have to say, though, we could probably throw in a lot of red flags, but it'll be, like, mm-hmm. from Jacob's perspective. Uh, <laughs> like, about Bella. Like, red flag. She's fetishizing you and using uh-huh. you. And maybe your six-foot, uh, five-inches-tall, skilled hands-having self can do better. <laughs> um, but thank you for listening. And huge thanks to our all, fuck, all of our fucking absolutely gorgeous, beautiful, hysterical fans for interacting with us so much this week. We love you so much. You're all amazing. Thank you for tolerating us retweeting every Twilight meme and asking about vampire circumcision. Um, which is to say, if you're not following us on Twitter, you are missing the fuck out. So if you are not doing so already, please check out the Twitter at STBC Podcast. Please tweet at us or about us. It makes us so happy. We literally have been texting each other about it this week because it just brings us so much joy. And also, uh, if you join the Orange Grows Discord server, which I now actually know exists, uh, you can come chat with me. You can come chat with me and other fans and maybe Sahana if I ever teach her what Discord is. Who knows? Because I'm assuming um, you don't know what Discord is. Right? I have a vague understanding. You sent me a screenshot and I think it's like, it looks kind of like WhatsApp. Uh, that's all I know about it. And my family uses WhatsApp to send each other pictures and memes. So. Um, Interesting. Okay. <laughs> my family's weird. Um, we all knew this. But seriously, we absolutely love you all. If you, um, all of you are incredible. You've written us fan fiction. You've given us history lessons. What's coming next? Fan art? Animating parts of the podcast? I would literally cry. Oh, ext- hard fucking same. Um, oh my god, I would weep. If one of you drew us, or fuck, and I didn't pay you like, for it initially. I mean, I would pay you for it if you did it, probably. I shouldn't say that. I can't afford to pay everyone. I wish I could. <laughs> we'll um, shout you out on the pod, and other people will pay you for your art. Uh, anyways, my sweet babies. My, my, my sweet babies. Uh, we, love <laughs> we love you so much. Thank you for listening. We will see you here next time on Summer Twilight Book Club. Bye! Bye! Hi, I'm Caitlin. And I'm Joe. Sugar We're Going Down podcasting is exactly what it sounds like. Each week, we get a random Fall Out Boy song and discuss it in various ways, such as... What are its merits musically? Is it a bop? Does it have chugs? It's lyrical complexity. Sometimes Pete writes a triple entendre, and sometimes he doesn't even finish the first entendre. Does the video make any goddamn sense, though? Usually, no. How gay does it make us feel? Usually, a lot of gay. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or your personal podcatcher of choice and get a new episode every Wednesday until it kills us. Caitlin, is this more than you bargained for yet? Honestly, it already is.